Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It was like me not in Croke Park and Cork winning the All-Ireland for me. The massive problem we have in this country is the shadow economy, the black market. Everything can be controlled, and that's the job of the government. I just wanted to give back. We're all going to be old someday. It's nice to know that there's someone looking out for you. Join the conversation. Call 0818 this is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Some smashing cars, some sexy looking cars out in Blackpool last night. You see that? There's a picture on the Cork Road this morning, but there's a lot of noise around the Blackpool area last night. That big gathering of cars seems to have passed off without any serious incident. Just people coming to look and to admire their cars. I would have thought no harm in it. But I wasn't living on top of it. I don't know what it was like. Morning to you. 0818 96 96 96. The number of the text to WhatsApp 0833 96 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm.ie. They must feel seriously poxed in New Zealand at the moment because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about floods and rain. And now they've had a cyclone and there's seven people dead now. New Zealand going through a really rough time of it. We'll catch up with them live in a little while with them. Um, we were talking to Cathy, remember Cathy? was on with me a few weeks ago. We'll catch up with Cathy again. Uh, she saw this cyclone. She witnessed this cyclone uh, the other day. I don't, I've never been in a cyclone. I don't know what a cyclone looks like to watch it out my window. So we'll, we'll catch up with that in a little while. But I told you that, and yesterday, that we had news. Um, and I couldn't break that news to you until this morning. Just a story we did during the week. Do you remember on was it Tuesday, Harriet rang us looking to find a little purse that she had lost in Yall 20 years ago. Now, we're talking long, long shot. While I was talking to Harriet, we got another message in from Mary. And Mary was telling us about a ring that she found 10 years ago, or just over 10 years ago now. And I kind of skirted over the details on Wednesday and then did it in more detail yesterday. So I'll just play back that clip yesterday when I went back over the details. 
This is from Mary. I found a wedding ring in December 2012 in Duns in Balancolic. I'd organized a bag pack there for a charity. That evening when I was counting the money, I found a wedding ring at the bottom of the bucket. I was doing a clear out of stuff recently and I came across the ring again. And on the day that it is, that was Valentine's Day, I'd love for it to be reunited with its former owner. There's a date on it, 17th August 170885. And there were two sets of initials, M.A. and W.O.B. And there's a design on it as well. She sent us a picture, accidentally dropped into a charity bucket in Duns in December of 2012, Duns in Balancholic. If we could imagine if we could find M.A. or W.O.B. It's a long, long, long shot. Margaret, you, you think that's your ring. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, I do. Tell me what happened. See, I can't wear jewellery, so I used to have it in my purse. Right. And that time, I'm from Bellancolic, I live in Bellancolic, and I shop in Bellancolic. So that time, every week, there was uh, bag packs in Duns. You throw in your money, they'd pack your groceries. And obviously, it was in my purse, and I must have thrown it into the bucket. Do you remember missing it? Do you remember I it? I do. I searched my house, my bags. I searched everywhere for the ring, and no joy. Now you just thought you'd dropped it or yeah, lost it? it was or gone, gone. Because I didn't wear I can't wear As I said, I used and wear it, and I just put it down. I lost it or threw it out. Yeah. It came in, the message came in on Tuesday when we were talking about Harriet's missing jewellery from Yall. I was listening to her, God love her. Yeah, and I read it out and didn't read the inscription. I said I'd hold back a bit on that. It was when I read the inscription that you said, oh my God. When you said M-A, and then I goes, if he says W-O-B, I'm Margaret Ahern. He was, he's, he's William O'Brien. Hmm. I said, that's my wedding ring and the design on the front of it. There was lines... And did the date work? Yes. 17 to the 8, 85. I have my husband's ring here with the same initials wow. on his. Wow. Isn't that the weirdest thing? And you're, I know. you're, you're hail and hearty and together ever since? It is. Some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know the score. I know. You know, I won't trade him in for a new model yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the bizarrest thing, isn't it? That It is, yeah. He often said to me, I'll get you a new one, but I said, sure, that the new one means nothing to me, like. I know. And Mary was collecting and counting the money, and there's the ring in the bottom of the bucket, and she kept it safe. Sure, I probably know Mary, because I'm from Bellicolic, and I still live here, like. You probably do. We'll, we'll make the arrangements to, to, to get it back to you. Okay. And we can, we can do all that. But you're, I think you, you were a bit blown away when you rang us up and said, I think that's my ring. I said, I was shaking. I called my daughter. I said, Grace, that's my wedding ring. And, uh, you know, M.A., Margaret Ahern, William O'Brien, who else? And then the it, date. And the date, so... Please uh, God, no, PJ. And are there little O'Briens or are they grown-up O'Briens now? Oh, there's... They're all... The baby is 30 and there are seven of them and I have five grandchildren. Seven? Seven, yeah. And five grandchildren? Yeah. You kept busy since 1985? Oh, stop the lights. We got sky in then and things eased off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Now, on a Friday, 
that's a story that doesn't just make the day, it makes our week. I said it to poor old Harriet the other morning. I, I don't hold out much hope for finding her little purse from Perks in 19 or 2002 or whenever it was. But when I read out Mary's message, I said, that's someone now who may not even know that they've lost it. I've known all along it was gone and I was just, that was it, like. All right. Well, look, let's see if we can, we will set it up to get the ring uh, back to you. And that, that, that's made your week and your weekend, that's us say. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll wear it now Saturday night and go down to Mary O's and have a few gargles or something. And you'll be showing it off. I'll be showing it off, sure. You'll, you'll be telling them the story. I will, yeah, and I'll be saying PJ and everything and where it came from. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Have a lovely weekend yourself and, and William. Take, take care, Margaret. Thanks oh. very much. Bye-bye. Isn't that brilliant? Not just... Thanks, Margaret. Not just fabulous. She's listening and she hears the description and she goes, Jesus, maybe that's, that's my ring. And, and Mary, when, when, you, when you called us... And and gave us the details. You kind of said, "Look, I know it's 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 mad. It's it's a long shot. It might never happen." But but, yeah. but we we found her. Oh, morning, PJ. Oh, I yeah. I I can't believe it. I'm so happy for this couple. Um, I like as I said, I was listening to you the other day, and I was like, "Oh, do you know what? I found a ring." back in December 2012. So any chance, and I had tried finding uh, the person, but I I just had no luck. Um, So I said, okay, look, it's Valentine's Day. Here we go. We'll try it on the radio. And I'm just so happy. I can't believe it. It's it's incredible. Actually, she's, oh, she's still, she's still there. Margaret. Yes, Here's Mary who found the ring. Hi, Mary. Hi, Margaret. I am so delighted for you. Oh, my God. I I was sick yesterday morning. I was in, oh, that's my ring, that's my ring. Oh, I will get it to you today. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll sort all the arrangements out. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, PJ, I can't thank you enough. I'd like, you know, I was looking at it and I was saying there's someone out there, you know, just, it's so important to to have your wedding ring, you know, um, and I just couldn't find them. I can tell Margaret later on when I see her how I went about trying to find find her and everything, and I just had no luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there it is at the bottom of your charity bucket, and you kept it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, you know... <laughs> In fairness, the, the, the people of Ballincollig and surrounding areas were so good. It was only like yesterday that um, that I did the the charity collection, and it was for autism. And it, it was like going through the money and going through the money, and the next thing I was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh my God, it's someone's ring." What, what, char- oh. what, what charity was it for? Um, I I. Uh, um, sorry, no, I was doing it for Marion House at the time. I was doing the bag pack and then I organised um, a ball the following April um, for Marion House, you know, at Brothers Charity in Southley. But no, they're no longer small, there. It's such a small world, Mary, because I was involved in that bit of charity fundraising for a while myself. Yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> PJ. It, it's like, it, it's, 
it seems to be everywhere now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. The world is um, only a street, you know. They say it's a village, but no, it's only a street. It is. It is. I, I think everyone now knows someone um, that has autism. Um, and Marion House were very good to us um, when they were there. Yeah. And th- we couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people give back that way. So look, Mary yeah. and Margaret, we'll 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 organise everything. We'll get you guys together, and Margaret, you'll have your you'll have your ring back tonight. I'd say. Yeah, and he'll have to re- take me out now or something tonight to renew his vote again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, how's he feeling about it? Sure, he's gr- he's delighted for me because he had his and I had none. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, here's oh. the thing. We were sitting in the office the other morning, and we made we, we we read out Mary. We read read out your message first, and sometimes with with lost and found, what you do is you kind of keep some of the detail back, so that if yeah. you you might get a, a scammer and and you ask them for a detail and they don't have it, then you move on. But we said, look, it's ten years ago. We'll read out the details, and we no more had them had them read out than Margaret was on the phone. Oh, brilliant. You know, oh so. my God! Yeah, my name, his name, the date, the design that's on the front of it around the the band, like. It's fantastic. Listen, I'm so it's what a, what a lovely way to start a Friday morning with that. Um, and thank you, to, first of all, to Mary for getting in touch, Margaret. You're it's we're so happy to be able to do this. Ma- Mary and Margaret will put you together later on. We'll get the ring back, the ring that was accidentally dropped into a charity bucket in Ballincollig in Duns, Christmas ten years ago. So Christmas of 2012 and now we're going to reunite it with its owner this afternoon isn't that a great way to start the week or to end the week join the conversation this is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96 FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie. Seeing as it's Friday must be someone else has a story like that. Did you ever lose something and have completely given up on it and thought, nah, never going to see that again, maybe even bought a new one, whatever. Can you beat that? Because I don't think we'll beat that story. There's a challenge out to you. I'm nothing to give you. I'm, you know, it's, it's February. We've no money left. <laughs> We're broke. Um, but no, I'm nothing to give you. Can you beat that story? Something you lost or you thought was 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 goosed, never going to see it again, never going to get it back again, because that's 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 just made the week. You go home with a smile on your face from your job if you can do stuff like that, even once every so often. Mary and Margaret delighted. They they were chatting off air there, and they'll meet each other later on today. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. If you have a story that might top that, I was talking to Kathy O'Sullivan. Kathy's originally from Carrigaline, and she's been in. New Zealand now for 16, 17 years, works out there as a journalist, formerly with the with the Echo here, is writing again in the Echo. Cathy, we talked about being in the midst of the floods and the storms and the rain a few weeks ago. Now you have been sitting there watching and feeling the effects 
of Cyclone Gabrielle. Now, you and your partner have been very lucky. No one's hurt or injured, but yourselves belong to you. The seven, is it seven people dead now and thousands displaced and, and probably even homeless? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Um, yeah, it's been, unfortunately, another devastating week here in New Zealand, and we're still under a, a national state of emergency. And unfortunately, it's now nine dead. Yeah. And that includes two volunteer firefighters who were helping a family escape from a flooded property in, in Auckland on the West Coast. And a landslide came down on top of the house. So very sad stories coming out. Um, and also heartbreaking story about a two and a half year old girl, Ivy Collins, who was with her mom and dad and older sister trying to evacuate from their house when the flood waters came in right up to the ceiling and, and took the young child away. Um, oh so, yeah, really, really distressing stories coming out of this. Oh, my God, that's, that, that's, that's horrendous. That's so, so sad. You, you were writing that your house was, was shaking, but has it passed now, Is Cyclone Gabrielle? Is it gone now? Oh, it has. It has passed. It's, it went out to sea. I think on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. So, yeah, the worst of it has passed. But unfortunately, it's left an absolute trail of destruction. I mean, it's it's it came through and it hit a massive area. So it came through Northland, Auckland and the east coast of the North Island. So that's a huge area. It's around a thousand kilometers by road. And it hit, you know, some places worse than others. Um, and the east coast of the North Island is seems to have been hit the worst at the moment. So there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people still without power. There's no cell phone coverage, no running water in some areas. Thousands of people are displaced, isolated on farms. They've got no food, no running water, no cell phone coverage, no way of contacting people to let them know they're either safe or they need help. So there's just so much unknown at the moment of just, you know, just how many fatalities there are. And they've set up a temporary morgue at the port in Napier, um, which gives you an idea of, you know, that they do expect there to be more deaths. I mean, we're hoping that all of these people who are not contactable at the moment are safe and well and that, you know, they have some form of water or food to keep them going. But, yeah, there's there's still more to unfold in this. Probably the worst weather that most people can remember here in Cork, Cathy, was the Ophelia, the hurricane. I think it was, what, 2017. And I remember being sitting here and it tr- literally trying to come in the window of Broadcasting House. And it was quite frightening to look out at it. What was it like to watch a cyclone pass? And what Describe what it does. So I guess the good thing about this compared to the flooding a few weeks ago was that we had plenty of warning. We were told in very strong terms that this is coming. It is not something to take lightly that we need to prepare for. So in that respect, we had time to tape up our windows, take in furniture that was outside, move anything that might be fly around and cause harm to a person or to property. So we we did have time to prepare, get, you know, food ready, get water ready, get, you know, all of the grab bags, things you might need if you have to evacuate quickly. So we did have time to prepare. When it came through, it was it was frightening. Like the winds were got up to around 140 kilometers an hour. You know, there was up to 400 millimeters of rain in some places. It was so intense, the rain again coming down here. And, you know, we already had a landslide on our property. So we were quite worried that, you know, the rain was going to again 
take out more of, of the land and possibly put our house at risk. So we were, you know, we were quite worried. Um, the, the, the howling of the wind, you know, when you're hearing something like that and the whole house is shaking, your home is meant to be your safe space. And when you feel unsafe in your home, it's really, really unsettling. You put that so well. And I remember talking to people in the midst of Ophelia blowing through. And one woman who rang me from West Cork, like she was sitting under the table, hoping the house wouldn't come down. So you can imagine I can how frightening it must be. Yeah, I mean, we try we try to drown it out by playing, you know, loud music and, and watching the TV really loud just so we didn't have to yeah. hear it. But, you know, yeah. we were just waiting for it to pass. And, and we're really, truly grateful that, you know, we were not damaged. Um, someone someone the up there likes you, so many Kathy. Someone's looking really, after you. Really, um, you know, their whole lives and livelihoods have been lost. You know, it's, it's, it's taken out so many orchards, vineyards, people on farms have been, you know, on their roofs for hours and hours waiting to be rescued and they're listening to their livestock and their pets perish around them in the floodwaters. It's just absolutely devastating, some of the stories. That's, that's, that's terribly sad. Terribly sad. And during the... I did, was, there, was there also an earthquake in New Zealand this week? There, there was. We're, we're quite cursed to this week. Um, it was a 6.1 magnitude earthquake, which is a pretty strong one. And mm. it, it shook pretty, it, it shook a wide area. But thankfully, there was no damage in that one. Did you um, feel that it, one? You know, earthquakes are, are pretty common in New Zealand. Um, so thankfully, it wasn't um, a damaging one. But it wasn't, it, you know, nerves were shot already this week. So when that happened, even the prime minister was, you know, joking, what next, a plague of locusts, you know, that we've, we've had our fill, you know, it's only it's only February, give yeah. us a break. Yeah, And you've a new prime minister now the last few weeks. Uh, what, what's his name again? He must feel, God, what have I come into? Uh, Chris Hipkins. Yeah. He must feel like, what? what am I doing? What's going on here? Someone doesn't like me. I know, he's only something like 23 days into the role, but, you know, he was our minister for the COVID response, so he's certainly no stranger to um to dealing with a crisis um so yeah he 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 does have experience yeah, from that yeah. regard actually just on a, on a small bit of politics did did do you miss jacinta she she was some bit of work wasn't she she was great were you surprised when she stepped down um i look it was um it was a bit of a surprise um i wouldn't say it was complete shock um you know um yeah she she's she's been in the role for for quite a long time but you know she's been popping up actually this week she's been out volunteering today i saw packing up some um some parcels right. for for people affected in, on the east coast so you know she's quietly still uh, helping helping yeah. new zealand in the background but she's certainly not um as high profile as she was in okay. recent weeks. Stay safe down there, Kathy. Stay safe. Thank you. Do you on days call. like Thanks, that, I said, do you miss Carrigaline on days like that? Do you nice safe Carrigaline? <laughs> I'm sure my mum would love to have me home. <laughs> All right, listen, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Mind yourself, that's Kathy O'Sullivan, Kathy Koo O'Sullivan. You'll find her on, on social media. She's a journalist living and working in New Zealand for the last uh, was it, 16, 17 years now. Um, she had the floods on her property a few weeks ago. Now Cyclone Gabrielle has passed through. But the horrendous stories, nine dead now, thousands displaced, farms, vineyards, orchards destroyed. A, a can you imagine this? A temporary morgue in the port. So if you want to picture that in your head, 
when you're driving along the docks this morning, say, say Horgan's Quay or anyone. Imagine a temporary morgue down there because of the extent of the damage of a storm. It doesn't bear thinking about. Thanks, Cathy. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, we were talking about hospital backlogs and people getting their operations in Spain and all of that. Someone on the phone, I just want to say there's hundreds and hundreds of people who are out there that need a home care package. They're taking up hospital beds. It's all in the news again about hospital waiting lists and they're ignoring the obvious and the cheap solution to a lot of it. And yes, there is money there. To be fair, there's money there. They just don't have staff. And then earlier in the week, we kind of find out why they don't have staff because the wages are pathetic. Some of the wages, some of the home care staff, and some of the home care workers and healthcare assistants that they're expecting to do this incredible work, you'd make more money flipping burgers down at McDonald's. But it's a valid point. Thank you for it. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas, May 19th. So kiss me the way. Win your way there with Cork's 96 FM. Paradise. It's just the most beautiful sport from home, so thank you so much. Return flights. Five nights in Vegas. Spending money. And tickets to see. Dermot Kennedy. We used to be just. Listen to Cork's 96 FM weekdays for the hits of Dermot Kennedy. Every time they play, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Once upon a time, I was something to someone. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Stay listening to see him for free. Thank you for the support in this music. Only on Cork's 96FM. We had Dennis on yesterday talking about his total change from barely able to walk, not able to walk his dog, not able to play football with his son, and then a trip to Alicante before Christmas, and he's on the mend compared to sitting here waiting to see a surgeon for the bones of what would have been three, maybe four years and we caught up also with Denise in West Cork who went over and had her knee done last year and she's doing anything short of dancing at the crossroads now I was chatting to some of the management from the airport uh, last night to saw them socially and they were laughing at me I said you could put on a whole plane load of people to go to Alicante every week to get their operations and one of them looked at me and said you're not wrong you're not wrong the number of people going through the airport going to Alicante to get work done at this hospital in in Denia, uh, D, have have you been or do you want to go? What's the story? Good morning. Morning, TJ. And um, I waited two and a half years to see a surgeon, and then I walked in the door. He took one look at me and said, "I won't be doing the surgery." I said, "Sorry." What and do you I need done? I need a full hip replacement. But in the meantime, I fell down the stairs and I tore the cartilage to my knee. And he said, "Your waist." I said, I didn't put the weight on that guy after I fell down the stairs. Yeah, well, you can't walk and you can't get around. You're not, you can hardly so, lose weight. Like In the meantime, then I tore the tendon in my ankle, in my left ankle, so I'm really crocked. And he said, go in and get a cortisone injection in your knee and get out walking. So I did, and I went out walking, and then I destroyed my left ankle again. It got all inflamed and swollen, so I'm back to square one again. I can't walk. <laughs> so you need, well, the ankle injury, that's not helped by the bad no. knee above it. Is it the same leg? 
No, the ankle's on the left and God, the hip so and the knee are on the right. God, you have yeah. a knee and a hip gone in one leg and, and, yeah. and a dodgy ankle in the other. Yeah. yeah. Poor woman. Are you... oh, how am I supposed to exercise? Like, seriously, when I heard of people yesterday morning, I was seriously considering going to the credit union and going out there. Well, there's the thing. Well, from what we're told um, yeah. is you, once this company, Healthcare Abroad, and I noticed they're advertising now on the media, once yeah. they assess that you're eligible... Exactly. Off which end book a flight? I know. Might be what worth. What I get done first? <laughs> <laughs> There's the thing. Well, you you need the hip. You know, I'd said I'd have to get the knee done before the hip, so I'd have the strength that we need. <laughs> that too. I don't know. Well, Dennis got his knee done, and he got it done. He was told last year he couldn't walk. He was so bad he couldn't walk his dog and couldn't play ball with his young lad. And I can walk. You can walk. As text goes and back. Well, that's about it. That's then a start. I'm in agony on the way back. That's a start, to say the least. But he went and had the job done, and he is going to be back to full strength. He reckons by the summer. Have you have you looked into treatment abroad yet? No, I, was, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was a bit afraid, but after yesterday, now I'm thinking I'm waiting now for my son to come back from his holidays and I'll chat to him about it and see what he thinks. Well, there's a guy he called wa- Chris who I'd love to talk to. Is it a fellow called Chris? Does all the coordination. That's right. And they have a website. Might be worth just going on the yeah, website and having a look. Them. I did. And because actually, my knee, I only need keyhole surgery to repair the damage. Right. I don't need a full replacement. So they do that. I was looking on the website. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you've yeah, never got the knee done. Well, you get the knee and the hip done in one trip if if if, if it's only keyhole. I you never know. No, they, I asked that already and they said they couldn't do the two together. <laughs> but, but they but they can do it. Yeah. Oh, but I'd so, say... And, and according to... According to... Was it Dennis or Denise said yesterday, you yeah. just need your doctor to refer you. You don't and need I have, to... I have this, all the MRIs and everything. Uh, this surgeon that you went to sounds like an awkward devil. But you don't... You don't need... You don't need him. You don't need him. No. If, you, if your doctor will, will write a letter... Uh-huh. I um, he told me what you want me to do: cut out the old bits, put in new bits, <sighs> and you think you have thirty-year-old bones again? Ah, stop, stop, said, stop! Don't, don't be a don't 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 do that. That's awful. I suggest that you have a conversation with the nice people in Alicante, and then Definitely. go down to the credit union and sort yourself yeah. out. I think that's what you need to do. I think so. <laughs> do you know I think what? I'll have to wait till the tendon heals first, though, because oh, that's you... very painful. I know. Well, you know what? I think we might have a conversation later in the year. Because I know, I, I, I think you're very tempted, are you? I am very, very tempted. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. But Good luck. I always you... have to yeah? discuss it with my son first. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But have a, and there's loads of flights. And there's, I, I, think, I think it was, as I talked to the airport people last night, there's seven or eight flights a week to Alicante yeah. during the summer. Yeah. Away with you, girl. Away with you. D, thanks. Thank you. Oh, and good luck. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. My God, she has a a knackered hip. She has a knee that needs keyhole, and now she's done the job on her ankle. And then that's not. Let's not identify or even try to identify. Some idiot looked at her and said, "Oh, you need to lose weight." How the hell can you lose weight when you can't walk? Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Jacinta, now we're not going to say where you are unless you want to, but you're not, 
you just you contacted when well, you put on Facebook that you don't feel safe in your own hometown at the moment. Mm-hmm. Good morning. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Good morning. Um, it's it's a small town in West Cork. Um, people go walking at all hours of the day and night. But I was walking on Monday evening with my elderly dog. Walked up to the town square. There was a man up there wagging his finger at a car. So I thought, oh, what's going on here? So as I walked past, he decided he was going to follow me. So I stopped to let him go. I pretended to look in the shop window. Every time I stopped, he stopped. This went on half a dozen times. So in the end, I just walked into the middle of the traffic to get away from him, basically. Now, he was a fine, tall man with a work sack. He was younger than me. I presume he has mental issues, Mm. but... You know, and I mean, I've had so much feedback since. People are, you know, women are just, they're they're going, we want to do a charity walk in March, so many steps during during March. We want to go after work. It's still dark when we come home. What do we do? Yeah. You'd no idea who this man is, no? No, there's, well, it's like every small town now, there are a lot of strangers coming in, um, you know, and nobody knows. Yeah. Homeless people, people with mental problems, and, you know, the, the, they're just dumped. They're left homeless. They're left to wander the streets. It's not their problem. Yeah. But it impacts on, on, on women who, you know, young women. I, I see a lot of people walking in, you know, couples. But you, you can't necessarily always get somebody to walk with you when you want to. No. Sometimes, sometimes you want to walk on your own just for your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just you and the dog and the evening. Yeah. Me and the me and the elderly dog, yeah. Who, who, neither of us could outrun this bloke, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, and he was what wagging his finger at a car and just give it. Was he giving out to all around him or something? He was giving out to to the people in the car, and then as soon as he saw me walk by, he decided he was just going to walk alongside me, about two two or three foot away from me. So you know, like you say, I thought I'll stop. I look into the window. Mm. He'll 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 move on. But every single time I stopped, he stopped. That's scary. Mm, yeah, I mean it's it's not nice. It's and is there street lighting the around? Oh yeah, I mean it was it was in the middle of town. You know, it wasn't as if I was going you know further afield or where it was dark. Yeah. But I'm actually even aware now of not going to the town car park because you know there's, it's it's dark down there. There's shadows. Who knows who's going to jump out on you? And you know, I, I, as a man myself, you know, I would turn around and I'd say to him, "What the hell do you want, Bozo?" But you can't. Uh, yeah, a few years ago, I probably would, but not now. I mean, there's just so many incidents. Um, middle of the day, I suppose a couple of weeks ago, I was walking up the street. Three young fellas came out of the shop. They were sort of larking about. I overtook them, and I heard one say to the other, you can't walk these streets without somebody barging past you. Now, I'm a small... A small person, and there was three of them, and you know, it's it's just this kind of—I don't know. Were they trying to frighten me? I mean, it didn't work. It was the middle of the day, and they, you know. But at the same time, it's this sort of attitude. Yeah. Is there a Garda station in this town? There is. is there it ever, is. Is it ever open? Mm. Mm, I hesitate to say occasionally. It's actually open more often now, but it seems to be just for people going in to sort of have form signs. I couldn't say to you that it's going to be open from. Nine till one, or from one till six. And would you ever see um, a guard walking the beat around the town? No, yeah. no. The short answer, no. I mean, there was a there was a guy, try, a homeless guy, another homeless guy, trying to break into a house a couple of doors up. 
a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And the guards, the guards were called. Um, my neighbour called the guards. Um, the guards phoned her back 15 minutes later saying, is he still there? And she said yes. So, you know, they, they came and they, they, they had words with him. Is he still there? <laughs> he's still wandering. He's, he's wandering around a lot of the, the, the small towns in West Cork. I think he hops on the bus and he, he's, he's definitely, he's got mental problems. Mm. Very, very serious mental problems. Mm. And you know, the sad part is, he's probably harmless, but you don't know, do you? You don't know. You you don't know if you're walking past someone, if you're going to... I mean, yeah, I had a slap a couple of years ago, um, but that was from a woman, so it, it wasn't quite as bad as being assaulted by, you know, a, a man, a fit a fit man. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the, the... You know, I've been told to get myself pepper spray and get myself... But, I mean, all of these things are illegal. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to anyway, should you? You shouldn't have to. And my worry is if I carry a stick then they'll take the stick off me and beat me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's, out there for, it's out there for debate now. Will our public representatives sort of get on the wagon and, and sort of say to people, look, come on, let's, let's sort this out. And again, we're, we're, we're not naming the place deliberately. You no. know, you're, and thank you for agreeing with that. But, like, is there a prominent public representative, either resident or would have an office locally? Yes. There are, there are several uh, county councillors, yeah. I see, I see. And have you been to them or have any of your friends been to them? I haven't, I haven't because I sort of, I, was, I just put that up on, on Facebook. Um, none of them have actually commented or come back to me, but, you know, they may after this. Yeah. You know, there may need to be a meeting between, say, the, the local representatives, the guard, just to possibly just drive around the town every so often. You know, mm. there are there are squad cars. They just need to be used a bit more often. You, you anticipated my next question. You said you haven't seen a guard walking around the beach for a long time. Not walking, not walking. Though they do tend, they do tend to drive around. Yeah, there is a station. Um, there is a station. Yes. Right, 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 right. You don't know how many would be based there, do you? Uh, I think the rumour is about 20. The rumour. I love that. <laughs> nobody really knows, do they? Yeah. Nobody really, no, nobody really knows. Uh, we did have a community alert group. I think that, like every community alert group, it, it, there's a resurgence every so often and then it dies off. So that could probably be reformed again, I suppose. Yeah, the sad part about those community alert groups is they tend to get formed or, like you said, reformed and reinvigorated after something happens. Yes, yes. Now, nothing has happened yet in the town. I'd, I'd like to emphasise yeah. that. Nothing has happened. But. But? You don't but. want to be the first one it happens to. Not really. Not really. Not at my age. I really don't want that sort of thing to happen. And I don't want it to happen to anybody younger either. There's a lot of, you know, youngsters, you know, it's half term. They're, they're, you know, larking about the place. Let's just say one of, one of the, the, the people wandering around takes a dislike to, to the noise or whatever, you, you just don't know. Yes, you don't. People have become, I think myself, Jacinta, I think people have become a lot more unpredictable than they used to be. Yes. And, you know, with the, the, the situation in Bantry Hospital, the, the beds in the psychiatric unit have been closed and taken away. These people are just left to wander. You know, they're, they're not taking their medications. Their families are probably at the end of their tether with them. But something really needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're okay. And yeah, talk, talk, talking to your friends around there, like, would, would when you describe this individual, would they have known him? Uh, they know one of the individuals. Not quite so sure about the other one, 
But apparently one of my friends did say, um, one of her friends had said, yes, yeah, she'd been followed the other night. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's not nice. It's not nice in a small town not to be able to, to go out when you want. Yeah, and bring, like you said, your, your elderly dog for a stroll in the evening. Yes. And, the, and the evenings are just lengthening a bit now and it's, it's you know, the spring is coming. and They are, yeah, but most people, I suppose, finish work at five o'clock. They're home by six. It's still, you know, if they get out for a walk, it would still be dark. All right, listen, stay safe down there, Jacinta, and, and thank you. 0818969696. Kate, morning. Uh, when we came to live in Carrigaline, you knew the guards. You actually knew them by name. Yes. Like, it's all gone, and I would just love to see them back on the beat. You know, just being more personal with people who live, and you see more things too. Do you know what I mean? And people feel so much safer when there's a guard, not inside in the squad car, just flying by or going in for his breakfast inside in Super Value. They like to see them in twos around the place. Why not? Yeah. We all benefit from it, and they do too, because they're not sitting in the cars, you know, just they're walking around, you know. Is, is the station in Carrig Line even open to oh, the public Oh, so listen, now? it's not open in the morning or anything. No, it only opens in the afternoon. But that's, that's no good, because I was talking to people, and they were looking to get their passports sorted, and I said, it's not open, and then they had to go to Toker, and they weren't from here, so explaining where Toker was was yeah. another thing. And let you alone know? the fact that between Carrigaline and Toker, there's Douglas, which is yes. a huge Garda station. And again, yeah. there never seems to be anybody no, there. it needs to be open to the public. I know now they have office staff there as well, but just even one office, just somebody just inside there, and maybe two walking the beach, just where people can visibly see them. Yeah. Because in the car, especially at night, you see nothing in the car. Mm. You know, and they can't get into places where where trouble is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they all scatter by the time the car is parked. When you I know? lived there, and it's a while ago now, I left mm. in 2004, but when I lived in Carrigaline, one thing you saw, you'd see the guard. You would? And you know the guard, and everybody yeah. knew the guard. And the guard yeah. knew where the trouble was. They knew did, who was they, likely to be troublesome. Yeah. Would stop knew. a fella and say, Johnny, you've enough now, go home, boy. Yep, they would. And they'd stop him but, and they'd say, go because they knew... That if he had one more point, he could yeah. get hairy. Yeah. But and, it, and, then, and they'd send him home on his way. And we need that. Oh, I think we just need the personal thing back with the guards because people haven't confidence in the guards then. It's, work, it's either way. Do you know what I mean? It's both ways. And, and there's and no one blaming all, the guards here for this no, case. There's they, no, no, nobody's blaming the guards. It's just the way it's run. Yeah, yeah. Management, you know? management. Yeah. Up, up the line. It's all the problem's always upstairs. It's always the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> thanks. But it's fine. Everything is great. And by the way, I know now it's got bad press at Carrie Line. But Carrie Line is a smashing place. Oh, you know? I love it and, dearly. Yeah. Love it dearly. And we were so near the sea and everything, do you yeah. know? So we have the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I lived there for 10 years. I never tired of saying it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Kate, thank you. 0818 96 96 96. It, it, it has its problems. It always had. It's problems, but but a fabulous place. But she's right, and so is Jacinta. And there's no blame to the individual man or woman in uniform. No blame at all. The, the blame is upstairs. It isn't the blame for everything. Always upstairs. Or downstairs, depending on where the offices are. But th- there's no guards walking the street in Jacinta's town. There's no guards walking the street in Carrigaline, where Kate is. I don't know the last time I saw a guard walking around Douglas, although you would see the odd one. There's a thing, let's throw it out there. Look, it's Friday, it's 5 to 10 in the morning. When was the last time you actually saw a guard on a street corner in your own locality? 
Would you ever see two together? You remember the kind of guard, and I think of guards from, from my dad's era, and, and the people he trained, w- trained with, worked with, and the people he trained as a senior officer to do their job. They, they were the guards who, the old cops, they knew everybody. They knew the troublemakers. They knew the fella who, if he had one more whiskey, things could get a bit hairy. And they'd say, Willie, shag off home now. Go on the way home. And because the respect was there, Willie went home. Those days are gone. Uh, and I'd like to know, in your particular part, of the, you don't have to tell me where you are. When was the last time you saw a guard on the beat in your home? And I'm not coming down on the guards. Not coming down on the guards, but their their management and the way their patrols are structured. Well, there's a bit to answer for there. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, Denise was on. She rang us back. Remember, Denise was on with me yesterday talking about her, her knee replacement that she had in, in Alicante. She said she's quite happy to help D who was on with me earlier on and is thinking about doing the trip to Alicante for her hip or her knee or whatever is ailing her. She's got a few things wrong with her. Uh, Denise is uh, yeah, Denise is quite happy to help her through the process uh, and maybe see, can she get herself on, on, on a plane? She said she'll talk to her son and, and see what she can do, but it sounds to me like she needs to be booking flights. On personal safety, someone listened to Jacinta and we're, we're not naming where she's from. I think a lot of people might have sussed it out anyway, but at the same time, we're not naming it. Um, I just want to make the point that people come to harm from entertainers and from priests and so on. We need to have a safer attitude to women and call out all abuse wherever it happens. Yeah, they do come to the harm of priests and entertainers and bin men and post. Yes, absolutely, you're not wrong. Bernie says we should remember the majority of people suffering from mental health problems are not offenders. They just get on with things. I don't know harm to anyone. And Bernie, you're completely right. Completely and utterly right. There was someone we know at home. Well, my wife knows her better than I do. I've only ever met the woman once. Um, used to work as a psychiatric nurse in a previous life. And she said, you know what? She said, those who really are unwell mentally, they'll never hurt you. They really won't hurt you. Most of them are quite quite harmless in, in her experience. You want to be in town and see what's going on? The shopkeepers are fed up with it every day now. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. There's a lot of trouble around town and a lot of difficulties in the middle of town. And there's shoplifting and messing and, as my father would have called it, blackguarding around town. Yeah, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. There's a real problem with with safety on, on the streets. Jimmy asks the question, PJ, why is pepper spray illegal? It could save lives. It's the ultimate non-violent self-defense for weaker people. There should be very heavy fines for its misuse, but I think we should all carry it. What a deterrent it would be against so-called muggers. They would think twice. It's it's a good point, Jimmy. You're not supposed to carry uh, pepper spray. I, I, I believe it is still illegal to carry it in your pocket, but you shouldn't have to. This is my point always. Why should you have to 
carry something like pepper spray. You should be safe. You should be able to feel safe. You shouldn't need. You shouldn't feel the need to carry pepper spray. 0818 96 96 96. Just before I go and talk about shoes with Christine. Uh, did anyone get their air bill recently? I heard this discussion. They're now going to, for the privilege of sending you a bill on paper. And so many people like to get their bills on paper in the post. Your phone bill, your air bill, your broadband bill, whatever you have from them now. They're going to charge you five ninety nine, six euro a month to send you your bill in the post. <laughs> I'm in the process of moving away from them at the moment. I'm glad I am. A bit of rigmarole, but I am. Six quid a month to get your bill sent to you by post. Now, if you're going to tell me that the couple of pieces of paper the envelope and the stamp. Now, admittedly, the stamps have gone up, so the stamp will say it's 130 or 140 now. You're going to tell me there's six euro worth of... Someone's making, someone's making a handy profit out of that as air. They say it's to go green. Will you get everything these days? Oh, it's in a bid to save the environment. Will you ask me, Granny? Stop. Just stop. You're making money out of it. And I'm reading from the, the Daily Mail this morning. It looks as if the 9% VAT is gone in the restaurants and the pubs and the bars and the hotels and, and, and the hairdressers. I think that's gone now. That will be back up to 13%. Despite all the business saying, whoa, stop. And the best bit. Oh, the best bit. And I'm convinced, you know, they hate motorists at this stage. They really do hate motorists. It looks as if the couple of Bob excise relief we got last year looks like they're going to do away with that, which will put the price of the petrol and diesel back up to €2. Euro. In the middle of it all, we're trying to pay electric, we're trying to pay gas, we're trying to buy more expensive, the, the food is going to get more expensive. So they're going to make the petrol and diesel more expensive. They they really do bloody hate the motorists, don't they? 0818 96 96 96. All right, Christine, calm me down, make me happy. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Um, I would say probably, I haven't done a count recently, so I would say it's it's definitely near 100, possibly over. Melda Marcus didn't have that many pairs of shoes. <laughs> when, did you, when did you start collecting? Um, I, I would say it was probably the late 90s, early noughties. You know, it was, you know, it wasn't something that I kind of, you know, said I was going to start collecting. It was just kind of, you know, Sex in the City was out then. Mm. Carrie Bradshaw was wearing the Manola Blahniks kind of thing. And, you know, I was living in New York at the time. So it was, you know, kind of, I, I guess it was kind of, um, you know, um, I made it kind of moment to be able to afford them. Yes, so, because Manola Blahniks um, are not cheap. No, they're not. They're not really. But, um, you know, I haven't bought any recently, but the ones that I have now would probably be considered vintage at this point because they're over 20 years old um, and they're they're not the type of shoe is not made anymore. So they're very rare and they've actually increased in value significantly. What would they be worth, do you think? 
Um, well, I would say because of the rarity of them and it, to to be fair, I, there's only probably one or two pairs that I actually paid full price for. Um, mostly I would just go to the outlets and it would just be kind of hit or miss and yeah. grab kind of thing and you get them half off. But I would say, you know, a couple of them would be well worth over a thousand into the 1500 range. I'm gripping the table. I've probably not spent that much money on shoes in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Jimmy Choo's as well. I did. I bought my first pair of Jimmy Choo's actually um, when I won big at the blackjack table in the Venetian in Las Vegas. That's where I bought my first pair of Jimmy Choo's. That's pretty cool. How much did you win? Um, I think I won about two grand that night, but the Jimmy Choo's didn't cost that much. They probably cost maybe close to 50% of it, but um, that was the treat for winning a black chip. So is it all kind of brand names or do you just see a nice pair of shoes and say, I want them? No. Oh yeah, pretty much. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be brand names. I mean, all, you know, I have a significant amount of brand names, you know, but it's kind of not just fine because of the brand. The shoe obviously has I mean, another pair I got in a, a vintage, a pair of Gucci's in a vintage store in Paris for pretty much half nothing that are, you know, they haven't been available for like 25 years. So they're worth a pretty penny also. Great. And you, you have displays, do you, at home? Well, I have, I have a shoe rack. Um, when I know. I lived in Come York, on. You I send did... us a picture. That's a big rack. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you have to make room for the shoes. The priorities, you know, have to be straight on that for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, Casey and Ross were talking about collections, shoe collections yesterday morning, and that, that's what prompted you to contact us. You brought the whole lot home. This is the best bit. You, you sent us a picture. You brought the whole lot home. You had to pay extra luggage charges, and you couldn't bring them all at one time. No, I there. Yeah, I actually had um, some of them left in storage in New York, which I got back um, this past September when I was there. But um, yeah, I had about six suitcases coming into Dublin Airport, so you can imagine the fun arriving at you know five a.m. <laughs> in the Kardashians are coming. <laughs> yeah, and you know, trying to navigate you know two luggage trolleys through Dublin airport with nobody there to help kind of thing but you know I managed and they got here so Mm. that was the most important thing you're trying to organize yourself now what you're saying is you've taken over a small bedroom I have yeah essentially but it's not you know quite organized the way I'd like it so that's a project that will hopefully be finished before summer Mm. you know those shoes like the Manolas and the Jimmies and other ones. Now, look, I have big male men's clod-hoppering feet, as you can yep. imagine, but they can't be comfortable, those shoes. Um, Some of them are, believe it or not. I, I mean, you see, again, it, it's kind of, they're not shoes that I would wear every single day, obviously. Are they bar to car? Um, and are they what? Bar to car. Yeah, pretty Car much. To bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, not not necessarily. Some of them aren't because some of them aren't really that high. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'd probably topple over if I wore really high shoes. They're mainly about three and a half to four inches, in, you know, in heel. But, um, you know, they're not shoes that you'd wear to go out dancing in. To be sure. <laughs> no, I am looking. I'm, I'm looking at a, at a a picture of the of, of the of the shoe rack here now. Like, and it is Jordan's like. It's like walking into a shoe shop in Spain. And they're, and they're all hanging up. Because I'm told as well like that what's not included there are 
boots, sandals, flip-flops and sneakers. That's true. Runners, yeah. as we'd call them here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not one of these people yeah, that does uh, the disposable flip-flops then, are you? No, 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 no. I, you know, I mean, comfort, comfort is most important, really. Have you Crocs there? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I knew that you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. And Crocs are the most no, comfortable thing you've ever been on you. So I've heard, but, you know, I'll take your word for it. No, they are. They really are. My, 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 my daughter wears Crocs to work. Bright green ones. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that I can honestly say that will never happen. If that happens now, somebody should commit me to an asylum. <laughs> Why? Oh God, no, they're the ugliest things ever. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you on that one. Um, do you, do you mind if we share one or two of your pictures? No, not at all. Go because right ahead. That's fine. Funny. All right, Christine. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. you and have you got any? So is there any anything you don't have that you want in terms of shoes? Um, a pair of Chanel's. Oh, you'll do a lot of searching of charity shops for them, I tell you. I would, yeah, but, you know, I, you know, it's a... Or it's a, a sell a kidney or something, you know. You know, sometimes these things just kind of like come upon you, you know, if you're in the right place and you see it at the right time, it's there, so. All right, good luck with, good luck with that. And thanks for being a good sport. That's Christine, she was listening to Casey and Ross talking about shoe collections and she... She contacted us. She has over 100 pairs of shoes, posh shoes, expensive shoes, fashionable shoes, and other shoes. And she doesn't have a single pair of Crocs. Am I the only man in the world who loves Crocs? They're, they're so comfortable. They're brilliant. I mean, I have, one, I have a pair for, for the garden and cutting the grass and all that kind of stuff. They're so comfortable. You know? You may as well say where you wear socks inside your sandals. No, I don't wear socks inside my sandals or I don't wear socks inside my Crocs. But I do love Crocs. They're so comfortable. Like I said, my daughter wears them to work. Bright green ones. And she puts those, you know, those little bits of jewels. Someone made an awful lot of money by inventing a little kind of a jewel that you can put onto the Croc and whatever. No, they're, they're gorgeous. I love Crocs. Oh, 818. I love, they're not gorgeous to look at, but they're gorgeously comfortable to wear. Oh, 818. 96, 96, 96. Hello, Baldy Barber. Uh, the vat, he's from a dry and chilly Alicante. Well, chilly by Alicante standards. Like, um, With the vat going up, it'll mean a, at least another 5,000 euro a year that I need to raise to pay it, says the Baldy Barber. Yep. Enjoy your break, Polly. I know you love going. You love, you love getting over there at this time of year. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Corks ninety six FM. The Corks ninety six FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May twenty fifth to twenty seventh to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. You make me feel. You can host a coffee break, fill a change collector box, or support your favorite sport on Jersey Day. And we're always open to fun new ways to fundraise. So get planning now. Get planning now. The Giving for Living Radiothon supporting Cork Cancer Services May twenty fifth to twenty seventh. You make. You make me feel. Only on Cork's 96FM. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. PJ, 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 you're giving bad advice. I don't know who sent this in. Crocs? When you're cutting the grass? Put on steel toe caps, please. Seriously. A serious blade going around. We forget about... That it can lead to serious injuries. Um, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, I have a little flamo more, so the blade is a good distance away from me, and I'm very careful with it. But yes, thank you for that advice. If you're going to be using any kind of gardening equipment with blades on it, maybe Crocs aren't the best advice. But I certainly don't possess a pair of steel toe caps. I don't. Think, I don't I, does anybody have a pair of steel toe cap shoes for the garden? I don't know. 0818 96 96 96. But thank you for that. Did you see, I'll get to this in a minute. Did you see when your one Marie Kondo has kind of changed her tune a little bit? She was the woman who went on Netflix and social media telling us all how to tidy up our homes and, and how much better people we'd be. I am being sarcastic. If we kept our homes tidier. Well, she's had a couple of children now and that's quietened her a little bit. She's She's... She's kind of repositioned herself a little. I'll get to that in a little while. If you're a big Barry Kondo fan, that's coming up. But Anne contacted us listening earlier on to D. D can't. D's doctor said to her that he wouldn't even recommend her for hip replacement surgery until she lost weight. But the poor woman has a crocked knee and a bad ankle as well. So how the hell can you exercise? And you went to Alicante and, and got the job done. Morning. Morning, PJ. I did. I went in September and got it done. Right, right. I actually spoke to you, you both did, when you I did. came back. You did, you did, you did. And had had your doctor said to you? He didn't put me out of surgery, PJ. He ran me out of the surgery. Really? One day when I went up, I, because he said he wasn't happy with me not losing weight. Right. And he told me to get out. What were you having, a hip or a knee? A hip. A hip. And I was going up to him for seven years. Right. Twice a year, every six months I was up to June and December. Mm. And he told me to lose it. I tried it, and I was only only choose to like that. I couldn't walk. Yeah. He told me to get an exercise bike. I bought it. I couldn't do it. Told me to go swimming. I joined the pool. 
but I still wasn't. I couldn't do the thing, like. So he ran me out of the surgery one day. I went up expecting to get a date, and he told me he didn't. He just said, out, get out, and I'll come back. Go away. Oh, that's the truth, God. So um, I came home and I licked my wounds for I suppose, about six or eight months, mm-hmm. just popping painkillers. Looked for another referral, and I wasn't getting one to a different doctor. And then I heard it on your own show in July yeah. about healthcare abroad. Mm-hmm. Made the phone call. I mm-hmm. got it done in September. I could have had it done in, in August. I held out. Why? Right. I was a bit nervous. I thought it was too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. But by God, I'd recommend it for anyone. So if you, if you listen to, was it Denise or Dee rang yesterday and said she rang, she heard about them, she sent them an email on That's Sunday, she got, an email, she got an email on Sunday, she got a phone call on Tuesday and said, can you book a flight now? And she said, she actually, it's, isn't it amazing how they can do it, Anne? I'm telling you, and the treatment you got out there, PJ, is next to none. Yeah. And they didn't care about your weight? Involved. They didn't care. He asked me all the questions on the phone. I told him what my weight was. Mm. I said, I'm, I'm down two stone owns at the stage for Fennel yeah. and And yeah. he wasn't happy with two. Yeah, and, and, and you didn't, like, you can't exercise. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't go anywhere unless I took two painkillers. That was even to go upstairs nearly enough to take two painkillers. And he told you, get an exercise bike. Now, as someone who yep. has used one of those, I, with a bad hip, that's not yep. exactly easy. I couldn't do it. When I tried it the first day, I nearly went through the roof with the pain. Yeah. So it's actually an ornament, don't my hall? <laughs> that's where it is now, it's out in the hall, it's an ornament. I used it when I came back after the operation for a couple of turns, just... Mm. You know, but I am actually flying to the best, best phone call. And how quickly did you get your money back? I tell you now, 24 weeks I'm still waiting. Ah. No, I will tell you that. I was told 12 weeks. Right. Can't blame the healthcare abroad. Mm. It was actually the HSE who was me. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, I actually got on the other day again. I ring every week. Mm. And every week they're looking for some other details. They got all the details from saying when I came back. Because mm. I got a copy of them as well. Mm. And then they're looking for more and more and more. And it's sending them on. And then it's taken a week because she accepted my email. Mm. But then she wanted my post as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is, ridi- in my eyes, is ridiculous in this day and age. Yeah. But I'm sending them after. So I actually got through to her on Wednesday. And oh. I said to her, did you get the last letter and what have you? Knowing that she had it like. And she said, yeah, no, she said, just waiting for my supervisor to sign off on it. Oh, I said, no, this that supervi- The supervisor signing off, that is one of the HSE's favourite pastimes, yeah. waiting for the supervisor to sign off. She told me it take two to three weeks for the supervisor to sign off. What, do they not go to work or something? I said, they don't work at all. Uh, I'm telling you, like, you can't blame the healthcare abroad for this, PJ. No, 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 no. Because actually Paul from healthcare abroad went to kick any to try and get speeded up. My, you see, my, my inner sceptic says that supervisors will leave things to be signed off a little bit longer because we can't now be encouraging all these people to make a show of us by going to Spain and getting their operations done. Yes. So we have to give them the money. We have yeah. to give them the money. We will, we'll, they'll we have to beat it out of us. Like when I, when I went for a first, they taught me nine to 12 weeks I'd be waiting. Yeah. 24 weeks down I'd be waiting. Right. But I've no like it's worth it to be pain free. Oh, I'm sure it is. But you're 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 paying back a credit union loan at the same I'm time. I'm paying back. I'm paying back the interest. Yeah. Oh, just the interest. Every month, like. Oh, just, just the interest. The, oh, that's all. Just the interest, like. 
Right, right. And paying the interest back on it, like... But and like, are the credit union understanding? Oh, they are. Oh, God, they are. Because oh. I got to go up... I mean, I go up every month, I say, to any news of me, check. And oh. they're laughing at me, you know, at this stage, like... I know, I know. And uh, But you want to tell me, I'll get a letter then, when the supervisor do send out, mm. by now. I'll get a letter and it'll take two to four weeks then before I go into the account. Right, because so they, go, it's going you, to take me another two months. Like that. Because the supervisor, the famous supervisor, have to has to turn up, sign it off, find the biro first. Then, oh, there you are. Maybe have to apply for a biro, right? <laughs> right. And you're not joking. This is how it works. Oh, apply for the biro, sign it off. Then it has to go to the post, and maybe wait in a, and then it has to go to the credit union, and the credit union will get the letter and say, okay, we're going to pay that money, and then it'll take another two weeks to give it two to the to credit four. union. Yeah, two to four weeks at the credit union to get the payment once I get the That's letter. Ridiculous. And That's like you can, you can, you can, you can buy, you can buy a car, you can <laughs> buy a flipping car on a credit card overnight. There you are. But when she said to me, we don't deal in emails. Like isn't that the thing? Like to me. It's, I'm only beginning to learn how to read emails. We don't like, deal in email. They don't deal in emails. They want it in hard paper. I said, I don't believe it. So, like, I'm sending off emails for, and then I'm going in and getting the letters printed out and posting them. I'm posting one a week, I'd say, for the last 10 weeks. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you know what? I'm, I'm not surprised by this call, Anne. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really not. Uh, no, you know. I said, you can't play in the, my operation. No. Fantastic. No. Fantastic. Anyway, I'm You're paying free. It, I, yeah. I'm after recommending about five, no, I think to go there since I came back to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five people that I've recommended and they all went and did all of the same yeah. thing as me, like that they're happy to scone and all that. Yeah. But the HSC are a total disgrace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the, the, the supervisor might come on, come into work at some stage soon and maybe requisition a biro and, uh, oh, God. And I'm not dealing with my case and he works Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <sighs> That's and no one else can take information then only her oh god no oh that's that's the other thing too like, it has to be that over. has to be that they have to sign it up they have to use a particular biro they have to oh <laughs> stop but <laughs> see what went over the one time like there was one from Carl and one from Dublin and myself yeah. we just met over there and the three of us have three different uh, case workers right and, and have, have, the, have the other two been paid back they haven't been paid either because we're, we're, we're getting more and more in contact now since we over this like mm. And none of them have got the letter to their been paid out. See, this One is how... One was told, it, hers was signed, yeah. but she didn't get the actual letter. Yeah. This is how the, the suits upstairs in the HSE will put people off. Oh, yeah. That's, That's how they'll do it. And, yeah. I, and I, I don't care what trouble that, that might get me in now. I, I really don't care. But I know, but it's terrible, like, PJ. I know, you're right. Do you know, uh, it is a terrible, like, but look, I don't care my pain is gone, and I'm quite happy going to pay into Credit Union. And the Credit Union will me. sort you out whenever... Yeah. Ah, yeah. They're happy enough like what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Good, 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 good. And thanks a lot. And continued good health to you. The look, I'm, I'm, the old cynic in me says that it's working out too well. It's, it's taking the shine off the HSE. It's making the HSE look bad, or worse rather. So it's very easy, very easy to slow these things down. All the forms have to be signed off on by the supervisor when they come in once in the blue moon. Do you know? And they don't... <sighs> Give me a break. 0818-969696. Getting back to the air. Air-like. Six quid they want for the privilege of getting the bill in the door. 
so you can go to the post office or wherever and pay it. Tony was on, he says, it's the same with the electricity crowds. If you ring them, it's almost impossible to get on to someone who can help you. And they charge you then for a paper version of your bill. If you don't have a paper bill and get a high bill, you're stuck. You only fall, your only fallback is customer service. And yeah, with any one of them now, with any one of them trying to get onto a human being is virtually impossible. And then, you know, the latest one, and I was on to a, a provider the other day. I won't say who, because in fairness, they're, they're doing me a good deal. And the, the person was, was, was very nice. Uh, and she, she said to me, now, before I finish the call and put your application in train and it'll all take about three weeks, I said, that's great. I need to read you the contract. I said, what? I said, I need to read you the contract. I said, you're going to send me the contract anyway. No, I, I need to read it to you. She needed to read me a 15-page contract down the phone. So it was recorded. On the, I tell you something. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. <laughs> the latest radio ratings are in. And once again. And once again. You've chosen Cork's 96 FM. Heard it on the radio. You've chosen the biggest giveaway. You're going to Brazil. Best laughs. <laughs> and the most beautiful moments. <laughs> 231,000 people listen to Cork's 96 FM and C103 every week. Source Jail or Ipsos RBI 2022 4. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing us. Now, stay listening to Win Your Way to Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Just the most beautiful sport for all. Music sounds better when you're with me. Only on Cork's 96FM. Hashtag Choose Radio. We're getting a few calls and messages about um, what, what Jacinta was saying about pepper spray. Like, it is actually illegal to carry pepper spray. In this country, and I'll, I'll come back to it. Mark sent us a, a message in which he thinks I don't know if he thinks it's classed as a as a firearm. I don't know about that, but I'll read it in a, in a little while. And again, come back to the thing. People say, "Well, why can't I carry pepper spray?" Well, it's illegal, but why should you have to in in a civilized, so called civilized country? Why should you have to carry pepper spray? Oh eight one eight. If you, if we have to carry pepper spray around in our bags or in our pockets or wherever, I would say society has failed. If you can't walk to the pub or you can't walk, do a bit of shopping and walk home or can't bring the dog out of an evening or a morning without pepper spray, then society has failed, I think. 0818 96 96 I remember talking to, to Vera Kyohan before um, about Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, of course, is a huge... Netflix star and social media star. She's devised this you know, queen of clean brand for herself and her home. She ta- she's written books about tidying and done programs about tidying. And she has a massive fan base. And, and Vera set up a business based on Marie Kondo's methods. And Vera comes to your house and sorts it all out for you. But recently, um, recently Marie Kondo has kind of changed her tack a little. She issued a statement and she, she wrote an article. But the statement pretty much said, look, I have three, three children now to look after and my family home is actually officially messy 
and tidying it up is less of a priority for me now. <laughs> and I was kind of laughing because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I kind of knew that had happened. You can, you, and anyone who's had small children will identify. Trying to keep a house clean, I mean that clean, with small children in it, you're wasting your breath and, and your energy. Vera, business is going from strength to strength, but, but Mary seems to have, have changed tack. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you doing? Yes, I have had a lot of feedback from people reading the article that Mary Condor has written or the statement that she has made. And what she has said is that her home is messy and she is prioritising time with her children now. Um, and life does change after children. We all know that. Yeah. And they are a priority when they arrive in the world. But as you and I know, Mary Condor's house is probably tidy and organised beforehand anyway. Yeah. Um, her message is still the same. Her message in her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, was get your home in order and clear the physical clutter, which actually gives you the mental clarity going forward to decide what's important for you and how you want to spend your time. Yeah. I remember watching her Netflix stuff and I kept saying to myself, yeah, you'll be fine now until a child or two arrive. <laughs> you know, because no, the, with the best will in the world, they'll destroy the tidiest house. They will. They will. Absolutely. And I've seen it. I've seen it the length and breadth of the country. But when they don't have too much stuff or when they're taught how to put things back after them, it definitely makes it a whole lot easier. So there's an awful lot more to it than just having a tidy home with children. It's about teaching them and being role models for them as well and having expectations of them. She's sticking to her principles, but she's applying them in a different way. Is that where she's coming from? Yeah, she absolutely is. And she's prioritising her children um, and she's spending time with them, which is actually fantastic. But I think it's also refreshing because it's giving mothers and fathers a break because there is a whole idea out there now that um, your home needs to be Instagrammable. Your children need to be fabulous. You need to look fabulous. And it's an impossibility. Nobody can live up to those standards. Um, and oftentimes when I go to people's homes, they don't even tell their partner. They don't certainly want any of their friends to know that I've been in because they want to let on that they've done this themselves because they're under so much pressure to keep up with everybody else and what they're doing and what's on Instagram and what's out there. Isn't that sad? Isn't it really sad? But I understand it. And oftentimes I'm asked, is there a logo on your car? Are you going to pull up outside my door now with Enjoy Your Home written on your car? Because <laughs> I don't want the neighbours to know. But we've kind of nearly always done that, you know, getting ready for visitors, getting ready if someone was coming, you know, mm. you're, you're getting your place organised. But I think it's more so than anything now. It is tough on women um, in the home and men in the home when they're trying to be everything to everything and then look well and stay tidy as well. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. But some people seem to, I think, Vera, get it into their head that you must keep going. You'll find people picking up a mop and bucket at 11 o'clock at night to clean a floor that will have Weetabix on it at half past seven in the morning. I personally have never been able to understand that. Can you? I can. I can understand that because I probably was that person. Um, I can because even this morning before I left for work, I knew that I was going to be first home. And I wanted to come home to clear surfaces. I actually hoovered out the floor. I, now, I did get up earlier to do it because I knew it needed to be done. And I'm the one doing it. But I, um, I just like to come home to an organised space. I do the same when I'm going on holidays. If, I, if I'm going on holidays, 
I'm like, just leave me alone. I have to do this because I want to come back to it tidy and organised. You'd be very like my wife there, actually. We're going on holidays in July and I know for the three or four days before we go, she'd be mopping and cleaning and shining and brushing. <laughs> right? Yeah, much, there's much more to it than packing the bag. There really is. But then again, and I've said this to, maybe to you or to someone else I've said on before, we, we got our kitchen done in uh, 2018 and it's mm-hmm. kind of a grey and white setup. I find it impossible to go to bed without wiping down that kitchen. There you go now, PJ. You're after being bitten by the bug. But isn't it nice to come into it then in the morning? Because when you come down in the morning, if the dishes are there from the night before, what kind of a start is that to the day? You know, you're just like, oh God, I have to start this now before I even have my breakfast. There's a psychology going on here. Totally. Well, our internal world and our external world are mirrors of each other. So, you know, if, if you change one, you'd be surprised how the other one follows very quickly after, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that time and again when helping clients. You know, they I might go to their homes and they're completely chaotic and they can't think straight. You know, everything is just in a heap. But as soon as the extra stuff and the baggage begins to move and there's a bit of order in the home, they begin to become calmer themselves and they begin to think straighter as well. Yeah, the title of your business or the name of your business, Enjoy Your Home. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I think a house where there's a family, there's a certain level of acceptable mess. But some people can't grasp that concept in their heads. I'd be inclined to agree with you, PJ. And that's why I call my business Enjoy Your Home, because it's different for everyone. Everyone has different levels of expectations in their home. But to sit in your home comfortably, surrounded by people that you love, with things that you love. And if it's a lot of things, as long as they're organized neatly and you can see them, great. But um, a home is a feeling. You know, it can be a caravan or it can be a castle. It's a feeling. We'll go back to that thing we said well ago, too, about Instagram. Yeah. Your your home does not have to look like an Instagram post. No, it certainly doesn't. And I sometimes come on Instagram and I, before Christmas, I was just showing, I said, look, so many people say, is your home perfect? I'm like, my home is far from perfect. Yeah. And this is me today because I had to run out last night and do this, that and the other. But then I talked them through it. I said, look, within a half an hour, it can be back in shape again because there's not too much stuff anywhere. Yes. So while it looks like this now, it can be tidied up very quickly. And that's the magic of the system, isn't it? That's it. It's when your home is working with you rather than against you. Then things like cooking or bathing children or doing homework, they just seem like more enjoyable tasks than chaos. You know, if children are looking for pencils and they can't find things and then there's stuff on the counter. um, Before you begin, everything is just a little bit more hectic and chaotic. Yeah. If if people want to consult you or or have you come and visit them, how can they get in touch? Yeah, I, I tell you what I do in OPJs. I offer a 30 minute free phone consult on the phone and um, people just ring to know how I function, what would they be suitable or whatever. So the 30 minute phone call is actually a brilliant thing. And then after that, I'm on Instagram under enjoy underscore your underscore home. And I'm on Facebook as well. And uh, they can email me or text me or call me or whatever, DM me. And I am very busy. I'm I'm working mainly in Cork and I'm so busy in Cork at the moment. It's it's insane. It's it's great. I'm delighted. Vera, a pleasure talking to you as always. Thanks so much, PJ, and thanks for having me on. Lovely to chat. My my pleasure. My pleasure. That the whole tidying the house thing. Um and I know there's probably people listening to me now that don't have any children yet. 
and the house is lovely and tidy and clean and spick and span, uh, your life is about to change when those children arrive. And, and I may tell you that it doesn't get any easier as they get older. So it doesn't. But chill out a small bit. There is absolutely no need for your house to be like a show home every minute and hour of the day. And I'm really with Vera on that one. The Instagramming stuff, it's nonsense. Like you people put up pictures on Instagram of how wonderfully clean and organised their kitchen is, or they put them on on Twitter. Actually, do you remember Philip Nolan who used to put up his his dinner every night during lockdown on Twitter? Picture of his place and his dinner set out, and the food looks fantastic. And Philip was on me here about it. He's clearly a fantastic cook. But someone said to him one night, "It's amazing how your place looks so clean all the time." And he said, "You should see what's behind the checking camera." The kitchen is like a disaster zone from the cooking and you could... But, like, I know someone who has two boys um, in their teens. Now, two teenage boys. There's an old saying, and it's a true saying. Girls break your heart. Boys break your house. And this is the mopping at 11 o'clock at night thing. This is the ironing at 1 o'clock in the morning thing. This is the sweeping at midnight. Stop! Just Stop! Because they're going to make sugar for again in the morning anyway. Your thoughts? My house is definitely working against me. <laughs> I have three kids. It's a state writing on the walls. <laughs> this little boys pee under the, to- under the toilet and on the toilet seat. There's food under the kitchen. How do they get food under the kitchen floor? Handprints everywhere. The wall and the window and the door. And now... <laughs> I was talking to Vic outside. Vic has two small boys. Vic in the newsroom and she, she was saying the same thing. She goes in an afternoon, there's Lego, <clears throat> there's sandwiches trod into the car. And and that's just Owen, her, her, her other half. Stop the mad, crazy tidying. There's no need for it. Your house is supposed to look like a home. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now on the pepper spray thing, earlier this morning chatting with Jacinta who is nervous walking around her hometown in West Cork. We didn't say on air which town it is, but it's got a square. And she felt she, she was she was accosted by this strange individual the other night while she was out walking her dog. And yeah, he didn't actually hurt her, but he certainly <clears throat> made her feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> and she was saying she doesn't feel, excuse me, she doesn't feel comfortable now going around the house at night or around the, the town at night with her dog. Um, There's a few weirdos and queer hawks out there and she doesn't feel safe and she doesn't want to have to carry pepper spray because A, it's illegal and B, you shouldn't have to carry it anyway and that's kind of where our conversation went and I was wondering why it is that, or someone was wondering why it is that you can't <clears throat> carry pepper spray legally Mark says, when I first moved over here from London, I brought a small tin of CS gas with me that I'd bought in Germany Back in the 90s, there was lots of muggings in town, especially people coming out of nightclubs, still are Mark it saved me on many occasions when muggers would, would try it on. That was their loss. I'd gas them and kick the living you-know-what out of them then. It gives you plenty of time to sort them out because they go down, clutching their nose and their eyes, and they go down in a heap, and then you've time to sort them out. Well, we're not endorsing that either, Mark, but he says it's very satisfying. I'm fairly sure it is. Uh, but he thinks that uh, pepper spray is classed as a firearm. In Ireland. The mines are live. Hello. 
Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. To find out for sure, under the 1925 Firearms Act, pepper spray is classed as a firearm and you need a license, effectively, to carry it. I'm reading from the journal an article from a couple of years ago when the Justice Minister Francis Fitzgerald said at the time that they are not planning to change the status of pepper spray and that you need a fire. It effectively is classed as, as a firearm. Uh, so, no, that's why it, it's illegal under the 19, 1925 Firearms Act. So it's been illegal like since forever. And on respect for the guards and stuff like that, different times, PJ, different times, my friend. When we were young, there was a fear and respect for the guards. Now they're seen as targets. Look at the incidents in Dublin where they are attacked. The problem is with the sentencing. All they get is a slap on the wrist or they're sent to prison. and They get four-star service there. Yeah, that poor guard in Dublin a few weeks ago his finger bitten and chewed and part of it bitten off by this dirty little scrot that he was trying to arrest for driving a car through a housing estate like a lunatic yeah. 0818 96 96 96 the High Hopes Choir we're all familiar with it and it's great to see them and they work so hard and they, they turn up everywhere and it's always brilliant to see the High Hopes Choir, but the High Hopes Choir is now going to be joined by, believe it or not, the High Hopes Orchestra. Brian Murphy's conductor of the High Hopes Orchestra and has been working with the, the City, of, City of Cork Symphony Orchestra, of course, for, for many years. Brian, this is a project. Uh, how did you get involved in it in the first place? Good morning. How are you? Yes, good, thanks, good. So Katrina, Katrina Toomey, we're all very familiar with the, the fantastic work that of Katrina course. does around the city. Um, she's a she's a persistent lady uh, as well as as well as an ambitious woman as well. Um, and we've been speaking for a while about the prospect. Oh dear, let's see if we can get him back. I'll bring in Katrina a little bit early. Katrina, um, you you wanted to do this for a while. We'll get Brian back there on a cleaner line. You you um, perfect. You you've been. Thinking of this, the, the choir is a huge success. The choir is phenomenal, and you know, not alone is it a, a success for everybody that's in the choir. It just keeps, you know, helps people keep, to, you know, stay together, stay focused, and, and to to enjoy a huge part of their lives, which is now the music. And now we've just extended it with the the orchestra, where over the moon, really excited because music is a big thing it's a, a really good common denominator mm. I suppose a, a, a way that people can express themselves through yeah. and what we're hoping for as again with the choir that will it's for people who will have been affected by you know lots of things in their life, it could be anything, it could be mental health, it could be addictions, it could be homelessness, it could mm. be poverty anything at all, it could be an illness and or it could be just people who would have always wanted to perform you know in an orchestra as part of an orchestra so i think like that, that going forward with this it'll you know it, it'll be of great benefit you know yeah. not just to Cork but to the whole country to have a choir and to have music 
accessible to everybody. Yeah. Bring, you bring, know. bring Brian back in. I'll talk to you again in a second, Katrina. Yeah. So, Brian, you, you, Sorry, Peter. You, you've put this together and you'll be the conductor of it. Well, well yeah, I guess, I, I guess that we've, we've been working hard on this the last couple of months. We've a lot of musicians are involved here and there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of background teams involved, people like Pat Potter, who's involved in summer. Yes. Um, there's, there's a wonder team than just me, but uh, I suppose it's been more by Katrina to try and coordinate, put it here. Ultimately, what we hope to do, KJ, is, is culminate this in, in quite a large concert in the City Hall with with, with, with a lot of performance. Oh, God, that line is just not working with us today. It's not working with us at all. I'll come okay. back to you, Katrina, for a second again. Okay. Um, like you want to put a concert together? We do. We want to put a, a big concert in the city hall and we just want to showcase the people have and that have never had a chance to express it they're now going to 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 learn how to express that talent they're going to learn their skills you know within an orchestra they're going to learn how to you know play instruments some people that will be in the orchestra will be only learning from scratch mm. and but they have would have wanted to do it so um you know, it's really very exciting, but I think it's going to be, you know, for the people that will be in it, it'll be a life changer for them. In, in the early days of the choir, come Katrina, I remember yeah. one of the lads in the choir chatting to him and he says, you know what this is? He said, I have to practice my music. So he said, it keeps me, it keeps me occupied. And he said, when, when I might be thinking about taking a drink, I take out my music and practice my music. Yeah. And and that's really what it what it is. You know, we've all had dreams in our life, like you hear about the bucket list, you know, and you can have a bucket list at any time. Do you know, even for me I'm very excited about it. When I was asked to be coordinator of the High Hope Square, I said on one condition that I could sing with them. I'm now hoping to play with the orchestra as well, you know. <laughs> what would you like yeah. to what instrument would you like to play? Oh god, the piano I suppose. Really? Like I just find it magical. Yeah, and I have a, a, a fierce favourite. It's um, the lad poor Adeline and I play that for the <gasps> grandchildren and my daughters have it on speed dial because it's so peaceful and restful and it's just something that I love and, and it's an ambition. Even if I learn to play that one song well on the piano, I'll be so grateful. Yeah, yeah that Richard, Richard yeah. Tedeman's big hit from the 80s, Ballad, poor yeah. Adeline. Yes. Yeah. So you want to learn Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And what other instruments might be in this orchestra oh we're going to ha- we're going to have violins cello we'll have kind of the um, saxophone trumpet uh we'll have the mandolin guitars um we'll bring in a bit of boron as well i can do some irish kind of music through it you know uh, as well and i suppose percussion yeah. guitars all of that i suppose every anybody that has an instrument just come along you know and and take it out like and come down and just be a part of what we're going to be it's going to be new to all of us yeah we will be have a wraparound orchestra around us which will give us some comfort all right or is they'll scare us to death but i don't think so i think they'll be so chuffed to be in a position to help people that have the same love of music that they have but have never had the chance and I just think that that's going to be wonderful. There's a song inside of everybody. There's a piece of music inside of everybody. And like, as I said, there's a piece inside me. And if we can bring all of that out, well, you know, won't it be wonderful? And and there's a thing, and you know, you yourself, Katrina, working with so many people, it, it is desperately sad that there are so many people around with hidden talent that because their self esteem is so low, 
Yes. They've almost yes. forgotten their love of music. Absolutely. And we saw that in the choir and we saw how that grew in, in, into so much confidence, you know, when mm. we went to when we went to the European Parliament and when we sang there, they, they all stood up and sang with us and we sang No Genre Grevia and that just raised, yeah. everybody just joined in and they got up and you could tell by them like that they they needed, they needed to hear this as much as we needed to be singing it. And, and it was about, you know, we can't regret too much and if we do, let's put them away and go Absolutely. forward. When, when, when are you hoping? I know we has let let Brian go because his, his his line just won't work with us. But but when do you when do you hope to have this concert? concert? Well, we'll be asking the city hall to allow us the use of the city hall, I suppose, because won't it be a big showcase <laughs> for the city hall? That I hope well. Oh, and Katrina, hope to tell me you never it'll lost be long it. To them and You're never you lost. <laughs> you'll and be you'll be asked. You've just used the opinion line to ask the city hall. I have. Good and for you. Know you. Good you know for what? You. Like we we do everything. All our facilitators here that roll out all our classes, the wellness classes. Every they all give their services free of charge. Same over in penny dinners, and, and again it'll be this way here as well. So why not the city embrace the fact that we can do it? You know, we put our mind to it. We'll work hard at it. We'll really learn to play. And we'll produce a beautiful concert. Do you know, sometimes when we sing as the High Hopes Choir, there's days when we don't have a note in, in our heads and there's days when we do. But either way, everybody enjoys us because they know we sing from the heart, so we'll play from the heart now as well. And, and I think that the city should really embrace, you know, the, people that want to express themselves through Fantastic. their love of music. Fantastic. I know that it's Friday and I know we're talking about lighter things but you're still yeah. tearing busy down there? Oh, very, very busy. Seriously, no, the numbers have gone up since Christmas and it's just there are so many uh, the demand for hampers has gone up where just, you know, we're running, you know, round all day long as you know <coughs> and we just get it done. Mm. Because we have to, you know, we, yeah. we, we have a, a motto, I suppose, that we have between us. No one goes hungry on our watch. And that's something that we cling to. Uh, and it works because that's all we need to do. Make sure no one goes hungry. And we do that. Yeah. yeah we had a call from yeah. a, a young person yesterday, actually, who couldn't believe. And she sent us the picture. She took a picture of the queue outside Penny Dinner. She couldn't believe yeah. it. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, one of the volunteers rang me yesterday and said this. It queued down as far as Paul Street, and I was up in UCC because UCC are helping us as well with the the orchestras. UCC are fantastic to us, but she, I always said Paul Street, and I I was at a meeting. Then I was saying, Oh, holy God, Almighty! And then I said, Put me on to somebody else quickly. I said, Is there one of the core team? And I said, Is there a queue down to Paul Street? He said, no, no, just share straight. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> down, down, to her, down as far as the Mercy Hospital, practically. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out, you know, and I was just, oh, holy God. And then it clicked like that. Maybe she doesn't know the difference between Share Street maybe, and Paul Street. Maybe. So I had but to you, find that out. Like, yeah. You, you get a long, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, Katrina. You get a oh, longer no. queue now than you'd get for, for concert tickets. Do you know, and the thing about it is, like, why... Isn't it being taken serious? Why don't people matter? We're a country where we help each other. We do that. You know that through your program. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it. Like we're the first out there to help each other or to help anybody any place else in the world. But our government needs to step up and help us now. They need to put... Look, 
DSP bills, everybody's talked about them, the gas bills, the fuel, uh, you know, the mortgages, the rents, the cost of living, buying, you know, going to the shop. Everything right across the board has been affected. And if the government don't understand that it's impacting horribly on people and turning their lives upside down, well, then show us what they're doing there at all. They, They really have to to, you know, pull their finger out now and they really have to say, we're governing these people here, we're looking after them and let's look after them properly. Yeah, exactly. Katrina, thank you very much. Have a good weekend, girl. And I so look forward to that concert uh, later in the year with the the High Hopes Choir and now the High Hopes Orchestra. It's going to be such fun. I remember talking to them in the very early days of the choir and chatting to them and some of them will do an interview with you, some of them won't. Um, some of them are very shy. But I do remember one guy, one guy who, who said to me, he said, you know what? He said, every time that I think about having a drink or think about doing something that I used to do in my old life, he said, I take out my music and I practice a song. And there you go. Oh, Brian is back. That's great. Brian, just to wrap up with you. When, 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 would, we, when would you hope to have them ready for, for a concert or a gig? Well, I suppose we're looking we're looking towards December at this stage. Just just talking as I said to Pat Cotter, who looks who was looking after the summer on the quad. Um, so we're we're looking at December. As Katrina said, what we'll do is we'll we'll wrap an orchestra around this as well, yes. so that so that everybody gets the opportunity to to play in a large ensemble. There's a huge amount of professional musicians and support coming in for people to to participate in such a concert as well. So that so the objective would be we'll work towards December, PJ. That gives us lots of time um, to for people to enjoy it, get into shape, and um, as I said, we hope to go for the city hall in December. So it will be, be very one welcome. of the highlights of the Christmas season. I promise you. We hope so, PJ, and thank you very much for your support. I know, no, absolutely thrilled. I'll be there with bells on to 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 see it when it happens. That's uh, Brian from the Cork City of Cork Symphony Orchestra and the great Katrina Toomey putting together, like I said, not just the High Hopes Choir now, which, like Katrina said, and just you know, she she kind of puts it into a conversation. And like you'd say, I went to the shop and got bread. Oh, we sang, we sang at the European Parliament. Like that's fantastic. So, look forward to that later in the year. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM. One of the big success stories of lockdown, and yes, they were, is the development of the wonderful Reggie. And the devil that is Reggie. And he's already had one sellout run at the Everyman with an evening with Reggie. And he's back next month with Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing. Pat Fitzpatrick, the man behind Reggie, joins me. Pat, a pleasure to have you on PJ. again. Um, Thank you. This is this is Reggie's move to the big time, isn't it? 
It, it is. Well, it's it's uh, it's designed to tour this one, so yeah. it's oh no, ho- hopefully PJ won't jinx it. But uh, yeah, I mean the last one was very Cork deliberately because the audience was Cork. Cork people have been really good to me, um, but we kind of knew that the jokes, you know, there weren't many people in Dublin would get the difference between Glasheen and the Lock, for instance. Uh, so you need to be very local to get the jokes. So this time it, it's more generic, and it's about that very Irish thing of class yeah. and social climbing. And they say we don't have a class system in this country. We've and, our own uh, class system. You. What? We've we our certainly own class do. I thought I was actually thinking you'd get a kick out of it yesterday. I tweeted about it. I'm filling out my um, child's passport form, yeah. and you have to put in. There's a group of approved witnesses who can witness you signing the consent form, and I think they must say, like my mother, choose the last four because you go down through all the obvious ones, like commissioners of the peace and teachers mm. and secondary yeah. school teachers, and the last four are engineer, lawyer, accountant, and member of the clergy. An engineer. You, they just have to be an engineer. So as long as you're one of these approved, it sounds like, you know, the old joke, my son, the engineer is drowning. And but <laughs> yeah. someone said to me, that must be the old form that, the, you know, that these are the four. It has, in other words, it's got nothing to do with you or the child. It's an engineer, a lawyer, accountant, or member of the clergy can sign this form. But it's, it's actually the new form. It's the current form has those four. So there's, there's still embedded in our minds. I had no idea system. that that list still exists. It's so long since my kids got their first passport now to the adults. But like, that accountant, member of the clergy. That's cash. Yeah. And an engineer, because an engineer is a great thing. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, or as Reggie would say, as long as he went to UCC, you know, not out the out in Bishopstone. <laughs> you know, from you know what to. <laughs> and like, you, that's kind of universal. We, we all do it. It's in Dublin, it's in Cork, it's in Galway, it's, it's in Limerick. But you also got, Reggie also got picked up in the UK and they take class to a whole next level. It is, it is. And I think that's why, in a way, Reggie works in the UK. Now, it was very much our own Liz Truss, I suppose, and, and Prince Harry, it, it, there's a great kind of, it's, it's it's like a such it's genuinely just a soap opera at this stage. So it's 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 great for for people like myself who are doing comedy stuff. Um, but yeah, that the the class system. Actually, do you know one? And again, just on that, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Not yours, unfortunately, but I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um, upstairs downstairs. Do you remember upstairs downstairs? I do, I do indeed. The TV show, and they were saying that like the stars of that were actually the downstairs were the servants. That's right. But in the making of the show the actors who were playing the gentry had the bigger dressing rooms because it was so embedded into their minds that the gentry should have the best of everything. Um, and I think it's all, you know, we don't, it's only when we, I, I, what I'm trying to do with, with Reggie anyway is make it explicit what people have inside in their minds about themselves, right. where they stand on the social ladder and where other people are on the social ladder. And we're always trying to judge, I think. You want, you want um, people sitting and there not just the, third, the You want people sitting there in the third row going, oh Christ, he's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be asking them, you know, and I'll be telling them where they sit as well, because I'll be giving people a guide to the, you know, this Reggie's figured it out that there are four rungs on the social ladder. Uh, you can guess where he sits. Um, and then he'll be telling you exactly, you know, and if you want to, I mean, now I can do a kind of a social climbing health check. I think we might do PGS that because I'm, I'm, I'm very, not very certain of where I stand in the social ladder these days in Reggie's mind. Well, you know? I think uh, Reggie himself, well, Reggie's first thing he'd ask you is, where do you live? Mm, Douglas. Right. And what car do you drive? I drive a, a, a Duster, a Dacia Duster or a Dacia Sendero. Yeah. Sendero is my current okay. car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. very sorry to hear that. And where do you go on holidays? 
Actually, book Lanzarote. Jesus, PJ. I thought there was money in radio. No, I mean, I'm just very surprised to hear all that. To be that's, how, that's how you get the money out of it, you know? I could have sworn. So what you are there is, um, you're probably on rung four, to be honest with you. Really? I'm surprised to hear about Lanzarote. Yeah, but you could get up to rung three. Like, I just, you can buy a kind of a, a fake Volgo, Volvo key fob, right? And throw that down on the table if you're ever going to meet someone for a drink. I know someone who enough. does that. The, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't blame them. It works for me. And Douglas, Douglas is fine, but Lanzarote is an absolute no-no. All right. So, I mean, you get all sorts. Oh, desperate. Any, I always say, any plane that banks left when it takes off in Cork Airport and heads for the Canaries, very dodgy types on those planes. You want to be, t- you want to be banking right out of Cork Airport. You can see my place below you there on the Black Rock Road. Yeah. Huge. But, but where and do you go, Reg? Like, where night. do you go on holidays? Well, yeah, I go to Martinique, but you wouldn't get, I don't go on holidays. I summer. Which is which is slightly different. It's a verb for me. Um, but you would you'd never get in there. But I actually think Sweden might be a good place for you to suggest. I think that's got a nice little. But of course, the important thing is it's not where you go; it's where you say you go. Like if you can't afford it, just lock yourself in the house for a week. <laughs> you know. But it's important to tell people that you went and maybe Photoshop and a little photo to to make it look like it's all about appearances. That's the. It's not about money at all. When it, that this is the point. If it was about money, you'd be stuck. But you can climb up the ladder just by spoofing it and that's what I'd be doing in the show I'd be giving people all the hacks and the little tips they need Anything to climb about, up the ladder how would, I, how would I spoof it I, I live in Douglas I drive a, a Dacia Sendero a new one now a new one and I go to Lanzarote and, and, and I'm perfectly matter. happy with all of that why would I want to spruce that? You are, but that's, you see, this is the problem. Well, I, I, the, first of all, you, you're not, you know, you think you're happy with that, right? I start my show and there's, there's, there's an element of my show where I have to re-manipulate your mind and reset you for social climbing because you couldn't be happy with that. How could anybody be happy now going to Lanzarote on their holidays? I'm so excited. I'm like a new, I'm, I'm like a small child. I have a countdown yeah, I know, clock well, on my obviously, phone. Obviously, you're showing kind of childlike judgment there now, to be honest with you, PJ. So, no, no, no. I, I, I think we, well, obviously there'll be a lot of work with you. So you'll be coming on our six-month uh, intensive workshop as well. <laughs> Possibly mightn't be able to sort you out in the theatre. But I, I think most of the other the kind of sensible people of Cork who, you know, want to be want to be highly thought of and go up the career ladder, I'll be helping them. Now, I, I'm, I'm out of the dating market and I have been for quite a number of years. Thankfully, given the mess that's out there trying to get dating. But what would Reggie say about dating, for example? Well, I, what, I, what I'd be talking about is dating up, right? So where you're going on a date with somebody because you want to get their hands on their money. Right? And I'd be very, very well familiar with that because I went to prize myself. So lots of people, you know, once you put that on the profile in Tinder uh, and I'd wear a scarf as well, you know, and very little else. And that, that's actually a very good idea if you want to, if you, if you just put on, throw on a press scarf um, there when you're inside in Tinder, you'll find things go much better for you. Uh, so I, I'd be giving extensive tips, for instance, if you're going out for dinner with somebody who's got of a higher class than you, it's just, you know, basic cutlery tips. How often do you chew a prawn? Um, how to make conversation? How to pronounce French French dishes? Things like that. How often do you but chew a prawn? The pitfalls. I, yeah. love, I love prawns. Are you telling me I shouldn't chew them? No, you should, but there's a set, regulated, approved number of times, no more, no less, and I'll be teaching people how to do that, and it's important. They see you doing each chew. So it's those little signs, and they're the important things. It's the small things that all add up. Again, I wouldn't expect you to know this stuff, but I'm very generously going to be sharing all this information in the Everyman. I see, I see. And and the dog, even the kind of dog that one should own. I have two dogs. I have a Cavalier and a Cavachon. What's the second one there? Cavachon. Cavachon. They sound quite. Po- you might. You're doing good work there now with that. I don't even know what that is, but it's got a nice. It's a, it's a cross um, between a cavalier so, and a bichon. Oh God! Oh, you've one of them. 
the designer dogs, right? I have a whole bit on that as well. Um, you probably just get my tone. He's a little mongrel, I suppose. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, precisely, precisely. I mean, you, PJ, you don't know where that dog has been. Do you know what that dog's father did? You haven't an idea, right? And you're going around with people. So I'll be sorting that out as well. I'll be telling the kind of dog I have. I don't want to be giving it away. But I'm also the kind of dogs you absolutely can't be seen with. I see them all going up and down the marina, particularly since. And people are spending three and four grand on these dogs. The kind of designer dogs, you know, where they're crossing them with a poor poodle. Um, So, again, very strong advice on that. And people are making huge mistakes and they're just restricting. They're restricting their mobility. And come come, come back to the prawns. Uh, eating out, you have a whole set of rules there. Absolutely, yes. Things to do, things to say, how wine, what wine to choose, the correct aperitif. Do you know what aperitif is, PJ? It's, I brush them every night before I go to bed. You're right. Well, again, we'd be working on that. Telling you, you see, this is precisely the problem I have now. This is what I'm up against, right? I'm surprised to let you into Douglas. Even Douglas, I, know. I thought, would have higher standards than that. And what about cycling? Well, so I, cycling all that, does Reggie cycle? Well, I, I kind of have to. I mean, gone are the day. But, you know, 20 years ago, if you cycled down the Black Rock Road, people would assume you'd lost your job, right? But now... Right. There's no point in playing golf. There's plumbers playing golf now, PJ. Um, and sailing isn't up to much. So it's all about cycling for me these days. Really? And I'll be teaching people how to do posh cycling, right? And how to do it properly. What's that? And how to meet a better class of person out on the road when you're cycling. It's oh. a great opportunity. What's for that posh cycling? Like? Is that cycling in a suit or something? Well, no, but you know, don't be going in the Owen O'Neill shorts or a Liverpool jersey or anything like that. So how, what gear to wear, where to stop for coffee. Right, the helmet, the whole everything. I mean, the bike doesn't matter. It's that it's what matters is when you sit down to have the coffee, and people are judging your side with the yummy mummies in some place down in Monkstown. How do you look? How do you talk? And that kind of stuff. So it'll all be that kind of information. See. And my guarantee is you'll be you'll walk out of there and you'll be on rung two of the ladder after my show. Oh, you're going to bring me up the social ladder, are you? And that's the whole point. The I'm, whole not, point I'm not telling you what out. night I'm going because I'd hate. I, <laughs> Well, yeah, is there a cheap, there's a cheap night at the start, so I'm guessing you're probably going into that one with your Dacia. <laughs> yeah. Where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? Because I'm going to be, get, I'm possibly going to get someone up on stage if you're interested. Oh, no. I, if, if necessary, I'll sit in the foyer. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably just as well. Well, that'll be the first place I'll check. <laughs> Do you know what, Pat? It is brilliant to see a second show coming. The first one was brilliant. And I'm really looking forward Thank to you. this one. I'm so I'm so thrilled for you personally because I know the fun you had with Reggie at the very start. And it's true they're picking yeah. up the England. The Liz Trust one got huge traction. It did, yeah. It's nearly up to a million views on Twitter alone. Um, it kind of tapped into an audience over there who's fed up with Liz Truss and Boris Johnson and that whole crowd. Yeah. Um, so, and then, oh, Liz, Liz will be making, Liz will obviously be making an appearance in the show as well. Yeah. yeah. A certain part of it in her own way. I mean, what a name, like. Anyway. I know, K- yeah, the Kate name says alone. I'm, yeah. K- Kate says, I'm originally from the Black Rock Road myself, although I live in Carrigal Line now. Um, of course, but, something must have, she must have lost a bet or something, BJ. Uh, but on a visit back to Black Rock the other day, I saw something, I couldn't believe my eyes. There was a woman trimming a hedge with a nail scissors and she said, all I could think of was Reggie. Yeah, I oh know. That's my gardener. That's my gardener. She's great. I'd be lost without her. You know, she <laughs> just more on a volunteer basis. Oh yeah, well, you, you wouldn't do it right with a shears. You know, she's, that's my gardener. You know, she speaks Latin. I have a very, 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 very sophisticated uh, staff. 
So yeah, no, that's that's my house now. Tell her don't be giving it away now. You'll have knuckle draggers trying to look in when they go down to Porky Queeve. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that must really bother you when when they're passing the. The, the front door. Well, it's worse door. than that because they've rugby fans now after the Munster South Africa match. Are they better? I mean, Limerick are people they, are with they notions. Of they are not. Limerick people, they have plumbers at rugby matches and Limerick people with notions. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. When, it's when, the worst kind of Limerick person. When does it open, Pat? March the 8th. So it's coming up Wednesday fortnight and it's running for kind of a week and a half then running through that week and then into Patrick's week as well. So there'll be a great crack around Patrick's weekend and right. crowd around and everything. So I'm really looking forward to that. We'll, we'll, we'll go for March a grand slam. You know. best, best of luck, my friend. Best of luck. Pat Patrick, a.k.a. Reggie. His guide to social climbing opening at the Everyman on the 8th of March. It's just lovely to see a project that started out of pure divilment. Now going to its second show. Fantastic. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Can't go into the weekend without uh, this one. It seems that Rihanna... I didn't know this. Did you know that Rihanna had roots in Mitchellstown? Yeah, that, that Rihanna... Yeah, the one that was at the soup. Yeah, that Rihanna apparently has roots in Mitchellstown. Not only that, but she may well name her new baby after her roots in Mitchellstown. I had to look into this. Cork Bio have the whole thing written out this morning. Her name is Rihanna Fenty. Robin Rihanna Fenty. F-E-N-T-Y. Now, there ain't too many Fenties around Mitchellstown, but there'd be a lot of Fentons. And it seems that Fenty, her dad, Ronald Fenty, is descended from Irish Fentons who were transported to Barbados after Cromwell made a mess of this place. Um, yeah. And the Fentons had the bar, the bar, were the barons of Mitchellstown, if you don't mind. And the genealogists out there reckon that Rihanna, she to be Robin Rihanna Fenty, is related to the Fentons of Mitchellstown. So too would be, of course, the great John Fenton, the Cork hurling legend. But, <laughs> gasn't? She might call the baby Fenton. You never know. Fenton Fenty. I don't think it works, but there we go. Rihanna has roots in Mitchellstown. Now, there's something that you didn't know this morning when you got out of bed. And maybe you don't care either, but but you know now. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. One thing I've never done is put something into a time capsule. There's loads of them out there, and there's one of them that was put away um, twenty five years ago. Now, Councillor Kenneth Collins is a mon boy. You weren't involved in this, Ken, but it's twenty five years ago today. Morning. Good morning, Howard Hinks, Peter. It's actually longer. Um, it's 27, 28 years ago because of COVID. It was supposed to happen on 20th of February, um, okay. two years ago. Right. And of course, we were all afraid of our lives. Yes. We were. We were. So it was... And where where was it buried? Well, I, I'm only after getting involved in this recently because the teacher that was that actually did this project, I, 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 I look up to him, you know, in life you look up to one or two people and I look up to this man, like, you know, and he taught me a lot, 
you know, as a young friend in Ottman, um, four class, I think, 1980, whatever, four. Yeah. Um, and he, he was always ahead of his time when teaching and how, how he was able to teach children and just an amazing man and when I heard it I said this has to be you know a story has to come out of this because you young boys back then 95 I think I left school in 94 overall in the, the academic side and the, and the secondary side of school but mm. you know you young boys then which are men now and they're opening up this box, which is amazing, 28, 27, 28 years later, today at 2 o'clock in the North Mon. The, te- the teacher you refer to is Mr. Kemp, as you would have known Herman him. Kemp. Herman, <laughs> Herman Kemp. Kemp. And he's on the line. Herman. Oh, Hello. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. You were the man who came up with the idea of the time capsule. Tell me the story. Yeah, I think it was kind of a national government-sponsored uh, uh, idea to do this so... Uh, you know, got involved in it at the time and, uh, you know, Ireland being Ireland, the capsule actually never came down to the man, so we, we didn't get our little uh, metal capsule, so we just um, improvised right. and I got a large tea chest. Oh, and I remember them. Yeah, so kind of gave them cameras and let them around and they did, you know, projects on, on uh, different things that they liked and just the style and the music and all this. And then I just discovered when I was taking the, the box out of the attic that there was an old uh, tape in it. So I brought the tape to a guy in Bachelor's Key, the Cork Film Services, mm-hmm. and he was able to, uh, you know, save it, I suppose, and he made some copies on CDs, which I'm going to give to the boys today, well, the men <laughs> today. And each child has something to say. You know, each kid there says, you know, gives his name, a little piece about his family, uh, you know, uh, like liking Liverpool and Robbie oh. Fowler and so Florida. you recorded you recorded them as they put their memories into the box absolutely yeah oh wow wow so you kept that tape and you got it digitised that's brilliant so where was the box buried what did you do with it well originally it was kept it was like it was wooden so it wasn't going to go into the ground so we kept it in the games room for a while but um when, you know, after a few years, I was looking up getting out jerseys one time and the box looked in kind of a sad state up there. So I said, right, I'm going to take it out of the school and I stuck it up in my attic. Right. <laughs> I see. So it's been there for whatever, 27 years now. Right. And, and you're going to bring it in <clears throat> this afternoon and open it up. And how many of the people who put things into it have you been able to contact? Well, actually, that, that goes down to Coit, the secretary, Coit Moynihan, as she was yeah. then, uh, who really was the the person that ran the school, in my mind. but So, caught his argument is all, all that. I think, you know, there could be uppers of maybe 18 or 19 of them. Sadly, there were two of the boys, um, two of the lads um, are dead now, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I'd say most of them will be there and, like, there'll be an odd parent as well. So, everyone is welcome just to come, you know, for something positive. One, one of the one of the people who put something in the box uh, is singer-songwriter, very busy at the moment, Miles Gaffney. Miles, you put you can't remember what you put into it, can you? Well, I can't remember what I put in, PJ, but I hope it's not a politician. I can't remember. I can't remember it at all. To be honest, I can't remember doing this. I like I have a I have a fairly strong memory. Yeah. But um, I just can't. That when that time was would have been around the time my mother died. Like so, my mother would be dead twenty nine years now, and okay. um, I think that um, 
just lock one on in my life back then as an adult looking back now and yeah. uh, I, I just can't remember a PJ you know? I wonder does Mr Kemp remember what you put in do you Herman? Well, I think he kind of uh, wrote some kind of a little essay and uh, he was with a little group and I think they had a camera and it went around uh, Shandon, I think. But I can tell you what he said on the tape. And Don't spoil it for me. His, his, his music is this, this, this. But the interesting piece is uh, when I grow up, I want to be in the special branch. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, Miles Gaffney to wanted like... to be in Miles Gaffney who probably spent some of his life trying to evade the special branch <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely right there Peter <laughs> but <laughs> that's the funniest thing that's the Miles you knew that and um, Herman you mentioned two lads who are no longer with us you knew those lads Miles yeah I was uh, Jonathan O'Connell and Miles O'Callaghan um just in a brief, I, I was still friends with both of them after primary school. Um, Jonathan, the night Jonathan died, um, I had been with him. We were down in the Nokia Tavern at the end of Shannon Street. I went home early because I was leaving certain night, but I had, I had been in Crete for the summer, for two weeks of the summer, so I had enough of drinking. And uh, I had an interview with PJ Hegarty's the following morning, so I went home. And Johnny was saying to me, "Come on, come on!" And I was saying, "No, oh, Johnny, I'm going away." I have to walk. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it that I was walking into the interview, and I saw the commotion on the banks of the river, and little did I know who it was. I remember seeing the black jacket, the same jacket he had on when I left him. Right. Uh, lads went to town. Uh, that was the last time I saw Johnny. Uh, and Moyes was Callahan. Moyes was killed in an accident, and um, I actually, I was um, sorry. <coughs> I was actually one of the fellas who um, shouldered his coffin oh. to, the, to the grave, you know. Oh. But um, I like it's just I suppose today it'll be emotional for a lot of people, including myself, you know. Yeah, their families yeah. will be there. I think you you said to, to that's right. Know. Yeah, yeah. I think his mum and his sisters are going. Yeah, I'm still in contact with them, like. But uh, yeah, Paul O'Malley's a great friend of mine, you know. Oh, yeah, God, God. Yeah, can I just come in there and just say yes, Kenneth. What, what type of a teacher uh, Herman was like you know I, I said earlier he was well beyond time the way he taught like he he, was, he taught to nature and he used you know even with the spellings the way he used to give us our spellings he gave us one a day you know but these were normal spellings like these were spellings like and I said this from recently like onomatopoeia you know a, a Greek is a Latin I think a Latin word like you know and he, he he drilled it into our... Can you still smell it, spell it? I can, yeah. I can still spell it today, you know, because of them. So it's O-N-O-M-A-T-O-P-O-E-I-R. Good man. <laughs> Correct. Now what does... <laughs> so it, what it means actually is, like, there's no meaning to it. It's, it's how the sound, sounds... Yeah, it's... it's, it's, like it's, it's yeah, it's right. It's about the writing and presentation of language, isn't it, Herman? That's correct. Absolutely, yeah. I think onomatopoeia, you know, I mean, I, there was a famous sentence, you know, along the rocks he clattered and clanged. So it's like when the word itself, so like hiss yeah. or, or, or clang or bang, the word as it's spoken actually makes its own sound. When you can, well, he- you can <laughs> when you can hear, isn't it? You can you can hear what's being spoken about in the sounds of the words. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Like, I like hiss. A lot of, uh, a lot of mu- musicality in that, Miles. You would have learned a lot there from on, you're, you're learning onomatopoeia. Can you spell onomatopoeia, Miles? No, no, I can't, I can't spell it, but I remember being taught, um, remember we were given um, a word a day. I think it was a word a day, maybe a word a week, but they were, 
they were big words like archaeology and um, you know yeah some of the words that, that you know you wouldn't use every day but we, we we were taught to spell them we used to get one every day in the back of the in the back of your journal you know and yeah. you'd, you'd go in and you'd, you'd spell it out the next day yeah, we, pressure had to get it right like you know the, Herman I had a teacher I went to, to um, Cree Street but I, I had a teacher who did similar used to give us big words big words not so much to have those words but to have the ability to break down a word into the way it was spelt. Do they still teach spelling that? Have you retired now, Herman, or are you still teaching? I retired, yeah. I took, um, I spent 35 years in the man. Very, very happy years, actually. And yeah. um, so they were going to start fiddling with pension. So I took early retirement at 65. And um, so, yeah, the thing about spelling was that, you know, uh, there was a little, I think, there was a little book called Chanel Spelling List, a little red Book and like it had all these ordinary everyday That's words. Right. That's right. I had a book like that. Oh, you know, boring, boring. And then you say, well, actually, we're going to learn to spell, you know, um, onomatopoeia today. And you go, what? <laughs> I mean, guys would come in in the morning and they would, everyone would have onomatopoeia, right, or archaeologist or, yeah. you know, accommodation and stuff like this. And, um, you know, most, 99% of children can look and say, they can, you, right. you show them the word and they can say it, you know. I mean, Phonics came in. Phonics now is kind of taught very, very widely. But I think phonics is for, you know, children who maybe <clears throat> have a difficulty in looking and saying. That's right. But 99% of children, you just show them. It's exciting and it's yeah. different. And they say, break, break, oh, break yeah. the word up. Break the word up and you learn to spell it that way. There'll be loads of other stuff come out of that box. What time are you doing it? It'll be a lovely event. It's, yeah, I think it's going to be at 2 o'clock in um, up in the man so um, <clears throat> the, the box will be there it'll be uh, you know I think there'll be tea and nibbles uh, supplied by uh, Carol O'Brien and uh, Coit again as I said Coit the secretary is managing everything she's been she's fantastic school secretaries they're, they're unsung heroes the, the country up, up and down the country they are yeah, well, she was actually the, she was the secretary when I was in school crikey Christ. Yeah, it was amazing. Like you know, and I went up there a couple of years ago, and she was there, and I just looked at her. And I went, "Oh my God!" Like you know, she was forty years in <laughs> a job to be forty years in a job like that. Yeah. The amount of boys that she saw coming through the system, you yes. know, because the man back in the day, I suppose, between the whole campus, there could have been probably two and a half thousand yeah. students. Huge, huge, days. cool. Listen, I'm going to have to leave it there, guys. Have a wonderful event. I can't wait to see the pictures. Councillor Kenneth Collins, Herman Kemp, the teacher who put together the time capsule, and Miles Gaffney, one of the busiest singers and songwriters out there at the moment, and deservedly so. And there'll be many others today at the opening of the Mon uh, time capsule. Can I wish the best of luck before I go to two people? First of all, to colleague and pal Ross Brown, uh, live on stage at the Opera House tonight and also at the Opera House on Sunday. My dear pal uh, Jimmy Lee, Jim Ganey, is supporting the Drifters. It's the biggest gig of his life. He is bricking it but he's going to be brilliant And on, on Sunday night at, at the Opera House. That's it. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Uh, thank you for joining the conversation. Whatever we did, have a lovely weekend and we'll talk to you Monday just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.